Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host, George Widom and Dan Leonard. They're called audio savants. If you've ever heard the best in the business when it comes to audio and your understanding of audio, and this is a real treat because to find the best, they're right here together. And welcome to the program. Thanks, Michael. Hey, thanks for having us. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. And did you ever get tired of the intro? I mean, there are a lot of people in this uh, business who know about audio. And how come you guys are the only names that uh, primarily are mentioned? Well, because... I combined between the two of us, I think George and I probably have well over 40 years uh, in experience with this really very specific area of audio. Yeah, and I can speak for me and say that I've just decided early on, maybe 10, 12 years ago, that this was clearly a niche that was not served. And I just really focused on this market 100%. Uh, so, you know, I put a heck of a lot of time into marketing it. Um, going to a lot of events, being very active in social media. So, you know, time is one thing and also effort of just being out there is another. You're yeah. both known for the voiceover body shop, of course, a popular uh, podcast video cast. And uh, so, I mean, you probably heard like you're like Lennon McCartney when it comes to to audio and uh, could you could you live without each other? I mean, or do you, I mean, this is a strong relationship. Tell us about uh, how you guys got together. Uh, well, we've, gee, we've only told this story, what, about 30 or 40 times? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, George, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a full-time voice actor. At, le at least I was. And uh, George and I would attend conferences 
uh, you know, the, you know, voiceover conferences specifically, which is a very limited genre. And in 2008, I believe, uh, we were at a conference in Los. What's that? Yep, 2008. Yeah, it was 2008. We were at a conference in uh, the Century Plaza in L.A., and George had been invited in as a last-second replacement for somebody who had uh, bagged out on this conference. And I was working with the conference, and it was uh, actually an ambassador. And I, my job was to produce the, some of the presenters' rooms. And George comes in to talk to a bunch of people who are trying to get into voiceover. And, and and has this presentation, which was very detailed and very technical and brilliant in, it, in its design, but it was way over the head of most of the people that were going to be there. And he wasn't aware of really what, what it was he yeah. was trying to do. I did I, not he, know my audience. Yeah. And uh, so I ran up to him and I'm like, quick, we got to change this presentation. <laughs> and, uh, so, and I said, let's dumb it down. Okay, they don't need to know about this. They don't need to know about that. And, and I, as I recall, I said, if you do it really simple and don't talk over their heads, they'll be kissing your feet at the end. And at the end, George, what were they doing? They were very happy. I mean, I, <laughs> they were kissing I, your feet. <laughs> made sure we didn't waste a lot of time on things that they didn't need to know. And that was really helpful. And then, and then you know, Dan and I just stayed touch in touch after that. And it well, was... Well, in this business, people can come and go, you know? I mean, you meet them, and, and, but there's something special about this relationship. Yeah, I mean, well, we were far apart. I mean, this was a virtual relationship, much as much of ours are these days. And yeah. so Dan was in Buffalo, I was in LA, and we just stayed connected here and there on social and then, you know, talked more one-on-one on Skype. We started and, doing some webinars with some some uh, some of our partners. Yeah, and, right, right. And uh, actually, it was, yeah, they were, they were webinars. It was audio only. We pre-recorded some stuff. And and then I don't I don't remember what it was that convinced us to just start doing this show. I was like, well, maybe we need to do like a you know a, a podcast. And yeah, then, and and yeah, it's like, kind of like a podcast idea, but I didn't want to edit the show. So then we're like, well, let's do it live so we can have call-ins. So it's more like car mm, talk. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're like, how are we going to make this show? So we just we didn't really have a lot of models to base it on. The only one I had to base it on was again, car talk. That's radio. Right. That's what I thought when I heard body shop. I thought about that program. That's, that's yeah. why it's called that. It was originally called East West audio body shop. Right. And, uh, because I was in Buffalo and George was here in LA and, uh, you know, and, but I remember one specific day we were talking on Skype and it's like, well, did you look, did you listen to car talk today? And you're like, yeah, wasn't that, wasn't that great? And and that was really, we, I think it was right at that moment we decided, let's just do a show like Car Talk. And, it was. Uh, you know, it certainly has evolved since then. Those yeah, guys, are yeah. they still on the air? I'm not sure they're doing, but they, I, uh, I think. One of, one of the Maliazzi brothers passed away oh, a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah, and they, uh, they their laughter is like contagious, you know? One of them just starts laughing and it makes you feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was it. It wasn't just the the format of the show, which that was an influence, but it was the fact that they were having fun with it. Mm-hmm. They they were jolly and fun, and they didn't take themselves too seriously. Yes, and I did not want this to be because there's God knows there's plenty of very dry audio engineering <laughs> channels, and, everything else, and I just did not want that to be. I didn't want it to be that. And well, so it sounds like that's you always been important to, to us. And then it sounds like you're, from what I understand, you're, you've loosened up a lot. 
<laughs> I guess compared to I've taught one. them the best I can, you know. <laughs> you know, but can you relate? To, why are I mean, why do they have their reputation? Okay, sound engineers are being dry because um, they're, not, they're not the performers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- their brains are thinking on a technical level a lot. You know, they they have to pay attention to innumerable num- innumerable details. Um, so they just think differently. You know, they, they have a lot of things to think about and they get really hung up on the detail because that's what people are hiring them for. So personality wise, a lot of engineers, and I don't mean, I mean, all the engineers out there are not dry personalities by any means. I mean, there are, um, some big personalities in, in audio, but in general, you know, it's, it's a technical field and things that are talk, people talking technical tend to get a little, tend to get a little dry. So we, we want to make sure we are talking to artists and voice actors. You know, it's funny, you see on on a more technical level and you see a lot of, um, how can I say, it's like a marketing dream. They make it sexy, right? These microphones and interfaces and equipment. I mean, they really do. But you guys aren't fooled. You know that it's in the details, you know? So that's why a lot of times people overlook maybe getting a consultant, an audio consultant, such as yourself, sound engineer, uh, because they're blown away by maybe the reviews online or the, uh, do you find that happens a lot? And then finally they come around and they say, oh yeah, it is in the details. Well, it, it's not so much in the details as it is uh, people completely overthinking the whole thing. You know, and and, and all of our experience, and and we compare notes all the time, is that people totally overthink this. They think that it's the technology that's going to make them sound great. What they don't realize is the technology is already there. What's going to make them sound great is them. It's what's between their ears and what Mm -hmm. comes out of their mouth. Yes. And it's, it's all in performance. And that a microphone is simply a microphone. Now, there are bad microphones. And there are fantastic microphones. But if you have a fantastic microphone in a bathroom, it's not going to sound so good. So, you know, it, we've broken it down essentially down to the environment in which you're recording, the acoustics, how much sound is coming in, how much sound is bouncing around in the area you're recording, proper microphone technique, which no one seems to understand because they look at all these pictures of people, you know, with their hand cupped over their ear and they're talking <laughs> right up to a, a pop screen and stuff. Yeah, or the opposite. And, they see a picture of like, you know, Warner Brothers or some massive Disney studio and they're right. two feet away from the microphone back there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and setting proper input levels. And you're on the radio, so you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, we, we all came out of radio and, and, and that sort of thing. So we've been able to break it down to that. We like talking about the technology. George is totally into that stuff. I'm, I'm sort of like, it's not the mic, it's not the equipment, it's mm-hmm. how you use it. Did you buy into it? And one time, did you, did you drink the Kool-Aid, if you will? And you, you, you know that what they convinced you, if I only had this piece of equipment and that piece, and then finally you realized, wait a minute, I'm completely overlooking that it's the room, you know? I mean, it starts with that. Um, and, but uh, George, were you ever fooled at all? <laughs> well, when, when I got started, I mean, it, the, I was working with a lot of promo voice actors who were all buying Whisper Rooms. Mm. And they had like a Neumann U87 or a Sennheiser 416. And they were just buying a whisper room, putting it in there and talking. And at first I thought that's, well, that's the way it should sound. And then when I started to actually hear good studios that were acoustically treated correctly and started to get a frame of reference as to what it should sound like, then I started realizing how off base we were, you know, buying expensive high-end mics and then having a badly tuned room. And once Mm -hmm. I figured that out, then, you know, my opinion changed dramatically about what was my priorities changed very quickly. 
So, well, you talked yeah. about pictures. A lot of people, I imagine, they see the picture of, you know, their sponsor, of course, but you see a picture of Orlex, right? Where those, the, the paneling everywhere, and they just assume that's the way to do it, right? You put paneling everywhere, and then it's not. I mean, uh, do, is that a stereotype that people see the black squares and that's all they need? Sure. Well, it, it, it's fine having that stuff, but what good is it if you don't know exactly how to use it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the right amount or how, right. how thick it should be or... It's it's very it's very common for people to just under under treat because they see the stuff wallpapering a booth and they don't realize that it's maybe four inches thick. Maybe they they, they go out and buy the one inch thick stuff, or you know they they don't see the details that uh, you know is what that makes up that room and why it sounds the way it does. They just yeah, like you said, they see pictures and they think, well, if I stick this on the wall, it should sound good. Right. And, and for the most part, you know, the, the other part of the equation is, is nobody needs to see how the sausage is made. You know? <laughs> now, I mean, some of, some of George's clients who are high-end you know, people that you know, are doing some of this, this big and high-paying uh, promo work, yeah, they have to have, a, a, you know, they have, to have a, a voiceover palace. They've got to have something that they can show off. The majority of people trying to do this are in a, in a walk-in closet. And the more clothes, the better. Uh, and, and we, what we try to do is get people away from, look, if you're in a situation, if you're living in the landing path of LAX or something, yeah, you might need something. You know, I know somebody who lives at the end of the runway at Santa Monica airport and that's like, oh boy, yeah, it's not going to help. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you've got to find a way to isolate yourself in, a, in an interior closet. It's the best way. And it's amazing how your, your, your wife's fur coat is an amazing uh, sound uh, absorber. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I've yeah. seen people, you see these shows where they put, uh, someone figured out, you know, daily use uh, items. You put peanut butter on your face and it's actually great for shaving. You know, they figured they had a, a <laughs> show like that. But I, I'm sure that you, could you mention more of that about daily things that people have in their house that don't realize they can use it for audio? Oh, no, absolutely. Practical. I call it practical treatment. Yeah, you know, like the more that's in the room, the better. Like, like if you start with a blank space, like I've had, you know, I'll go to someone's studio and they'll have a closet and they'll say, okay, I cleaned it all out for you. It's ready to, ready to go. I'm like, all right, well, let's just put <laughs> everything back. Yeah. <laughs> put it back. The, the more that's in there, the better. I mean, if you have a cluttered room, um, if you've got bookshelves full of books, those are amazingly good for scattering the sound and giving a nice, even sound. Um, a sofa is really helpful because it absorbs a lot of low frequency. A bed in a bedroom is very helpful. Anything that fills the space with more dense, heavy stuff, clothing, draperies, furniture, rugs, all that stuff is helpful. So, yeah, lots, a ton of practical stuff that improves the room. What yeah. I find is funny that the people who are considered the experts, and I've spoken to them, okay, uh, they've mentioned your names. George Whittem and, and Dan Leonard and uh, Christopher Courier from Sennheiser said uh, that uh, he is just, I mean, he was blown away just so you know. I mean, he's like, you're not, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> when, when your names were wow. mentioned, he said that he just thinks you take it to a different level and that it's, uh, he's blown away by that. Yeah, because well, we don't always recommend his microphones. But. Yeah, well, I mean, that's quite, I mean, it, there's a lot to be said for that because, first of all, Chris is like very high up at Sennheiser yeah. Neumann. You know, he's, he's, he's in a very high position there, but he's also a user. Yeah. Um, so, of course, he's going to use the best mics because he can, and he's going to tell folks that they should, but he does understand that the acoustics are really, really important. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he knows a lot about this stuff too as a, 
person who, who produces um, content himself. I know him that right. we know him pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, so that, but that says a lot that he listens to us, but we also listen to, to him and his, what people are using. So it's, it's cool. We're, I mean, that, that's a huge honor to have someone yeah, like really. Yeah, he mentioned segment. that. He said that it, he, he considered it an honor to be with you. And if he said, if I only had another you know, opportunity, I would love to talk with you guys, you know, because he, he gets into it and, and he learns a lot. I think that, um, uh, I mean, who do you turn to? I mean, <laughs> you guys are kind of it, you know, but uh, how are you always learning other than, you know, going online, reading and do, do companies just constantly send you microphones and products? We wish. Well, they send you. I, they, they've forgotten about me. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, it's not true. It's funny. I, I, you know, this is kind of time. I'm not going to name any companies, but I was talking to one by email and they're like, well, I'm looking at your YouTube and you only have like 300 followers. So why should we send you anything? Right. Like, well, actually, they were like, what can we do to get your, your followers up to like this guy or this guy? And I'm like, I, I don't really care about the number of followers I have on YouTube. Oh and I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I've, I've earned my position in the business by, uh, and to answer your question more directly, it's not one person. It's mm-hmm. cumulative. You know, Dan and I have been, you, you learn from your clients, right? So if you've worked with a thousand plus people as Dan and I have probably individually at this point for sure, you know, you learn a tremendous amount from experience. So, you know, 95% of what we learn is from working with the hundreds of people and the rest of it is, you know, Oh, you pick up a pointer here. Oh, I read that. Or, Oh, that guy said that thing. Right. So short answer is there's no one person. There really is no one boot on the mountaintop for me that I've learned from. I don't have like a particular mentor. I mean, the closest would be a, a fellow who passed away a number of years ago in LA named um, Mike Summers, who was an, um, a really good with studio design. I mean, he did really beautiful work. He did a, the last thing he did his magnum opus was for our friend, um, Mark Cashman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's really the closest thing I have in terms of like a mentor, but now yeah, he's gone and I'm just basically taking what he learned and what I learned from him and look, always learning something new from everybody else. Yeah. I want to find out more about what you personally think about the word sound in just a bit, okay? We're the best in the business right here. Dan Leonard, George Whittem, right back after these words. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. All right, we're back with George Whittem and Dan Leonard, the best in the business when it comes to audio engineers. And Dan Leonard is a voiceover actor. I'm not sure if anyone ever asked you this, but as far as sound, how, how do you uh, define sound? And, and what's your love affair with it? Let's start with George. Oh, like just the love affair of sound. I mean, that I'm sure like Dan, I mean, that for me, it started very early. My dad was uh, um, a musician, amateur mu- musician. He was in... He was into audio, he had tape recorders, and there was just a lot of music in the house. Um, And my dad was also a tinkerer, an engineer, like an electrical engineer tinkerer. So things were just, it was all about trying and experimenting and having fun, hobbying and making stuff. But sound was always a big deal. Um, So for me, 
it, it's, it's so bizarre that I'm not a voice actor, to be totally honest, because I used to record my own voice all the time when I was a kid. And I just, I didn't know it. I didn't have a path to voice acting when I was younger. I didn't know anything about it. And so for me, it was all about music. So my background's in music and music recording and sound reinforcement and live recording and everything to do with that. And so my background comes from the musical side. And so when I hear sound, I'm thinking of it and relating it to music often. Um, so that's really my frame of reference is from the music side with a touch of radio production or radio, live radio remotes. You know, it's just a peppering. It's, it's like, a, it's like a making a, a it's, it's like cooking, you know. The main ingredient is, is music. But there's production sound from film. There's radio production sound. There's aerobic spin class sound system sound mixed. In. I mean, I've done a little bit of everything. So there's so many things that go into what sounds, to me, sounds good. Um, but sound is, uh, to me, I think some people, there's the audiophile side of things where people go berserk to get the world's best sound. And <laughs> that's definitely not the side of the world I fall into. I just know what to me sounds good. And to what me, to me, what sounds good ends up sounding good to most other people. So it ends up translating. Is it like know, one luckily. of those things like with love, you know, you can't, someone says, I love you. You know, you can't capture the essence necessarily. Are, are you still in a constant search when it comes to, sound or or do you, you you know can you define it or do you think you've got the hang of it <laughs> um no i think the more things change the more they stay the same like i mean we we uh, technically the neumann u47 made in the 40s uh we're still making that mic <laughs> i mean wow. we wow. we got um we they perfected almost per, basically perfected the sound of recording the human voice and you know 70 years ago hmm. so now we're just finding new ways to do it and making it cheaper and easier to do at home. But I don't think things have changed all that much. Um, just the fact is that a lot of people don't know what good sound is. So I'm just trying to communicate to people what, what good sound actually does sound like so that when they record at home, they can capture that in their own studio. Dan, what about you? Uh, well, my love affair with sound probably started maybe a little bit later, although I always knew I wanted to be on radio and television. Don't, you know, I was, you know, I was always in the theater. Uh, I was on the announcing staff in high school. God, that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, and, um, and then I, I actually, when I went to college, I actually got into broadcasting and, you know, there's, when I, when I talk to a lot of people today uh, who came out of radio, they, they always say, well, I was, talent uh you know somebody else was turning the knobs and stuff and back in the day you know you would you would cue up the record you'd hold it with your finger and you'd and you'd uh you know you'd edit tape with you know rock the reels and use a, a grease pencil and a razor blade and i was taught very well by some very good people and i was able to get into radio became a production director produced thousands of commercials for a bunch of different radio stations got into management so i had to understand these sorts of things uh but today it's completely different because everything's digital uh you know it's what used to be very difficult today is now like drawing with crayons for, for some of us, especially hmm. when it comes to software and editing and things like that. Sound design is so much easier. Before you had to think about it in your head, it's like, well, okay, I could add this sound effect and you'd line up carts and it's like, okay, time this piece, time this one, boom, 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 let the record go, you know, that sort of thing. And now it's like, all right, take this piece, put it under here, put it there, over there, okay, okay. You know, use some nonlinear uh, 
editing line and it's like, okay, this goes here, boom, 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 and, and hit play. And, you know, and, and you have it. And it's so much easier and so much more fun. Uh, although it was fun back then because you really were at your wits end trying to solve all sorts of problems. And now it's all digital and you can have all sorts of fun with it. And uh, when I got back into voiceover, say about 2003, 2004, you know, it was this revelation that, uh, well, you know, if I, if, you know, if I can record in my basement or in a closet somewhere, uh, shouldn't I be able to do what I used to do in radio and produce commercials that way? And sure enough, the, the online voiceover business was just getting started at that time. That's good timing for you. Absolutely. It, oh, I, I was able to ride the first, you know, the first big crest of that wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, where there are now a million people in it, there was maybe, you know, 10,000 people trying to find <laughs> themselves at that. So the, the business has definitely become far more competitive. George, how do you feel about that? A lot of people today, you know, there used to be, um, I don't know, corporate people, business people, um, uh, the milkman, uh, anybody really who can get into uh, to voiceovers today. Is that something that you get inspired by or do you cringe by <laughs> as far as people trying it? You know, they have to kind of learn when it comes to sound. They, they don't always have maybe the best instincts, but uh, or is it good that everyone's into voiceover now? <laughs> well, it's good for me because it's business, right? So <laughs> there's more there's more home studios than ever. So there's more business for Dan and I, um, plenty to go around. So that's a good thing for us, but for business. But for when what I want to get concerned is when I when someone says, "Well, I, I'm retired from fill in the blank job." IT is a common one. <laughs> yeah, or podiatry. Yes, wow. whatever it is. That's a stretch. But dietary yeah. and wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, what I get quite concerned is they, they do sometimes get hung up on the gear because they're technical-minded people and they buy a pretty amazing assortment of stuff and they, they really put a tremendous amount of effort into getting really good recording quality. Then they sometimes will achieve that. And then they have such a long road to hoe in terms of getting their acting side together. Um, yes. They put one and, thing before the other, huh? Yeah, and it's the cart before the horse thing. So that gets that concerns me, and 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 um, I'm much more you know exciting to me when it's a new voice an actor who's getting into voice acting now, and they're like, oh, I just started getting this great campaign, and I'm ready to get my home studio. Those I love working with them because they they really they're they're, they're just I know that when this thing is done, they're going to be immediately putting it to use to record some great auditions and, and probably jobs. And, and that to me is more, a little more inspiring. Um, it doesn't mean someone's not going to be a surprise, but we've been working with people like this for a long time. And it's, it's pretty rare. You worked with someone eight, 10 years ago who was still plugging away and now they're really successful. Um, yeah. I wish I had a way of like looking at my client list database and say, Oh, that guy's really hitting it now. It would take me hours to go through and find yeah. people. But. And you do see that online for both. Again, uh, George Whittem and Dan Leonard uh, are with us, our special guests, the experts. And when it comes to audio, you go online any form and your names are mentioned. And they say that, uh, you know, this gentleman, Dan or George, and I came to my house. And uh, so you do see those kind of report cards everywhere. Uh, gold star. <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, George and I talk about this all the time that, you know, we, we get to see an awful lot of real estate. Um, you know, when I was in Buffalo, it was mostly over, over zoom. Like we're talking now with a camera and people taking me on tours of their, you know, their bedrooms and into their closets and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, well, no. And, and now here, you know, here in LA, uh, you know, it's, it's, I get to go into some beautiful homes and some 
really tiny apartments and, uh, and, and trying to sniff around, as I like to say, and finding the best location within their particular uh, domicile to, uh, to record it. And, and it's a great challenge. And it's always like, well, you could be over here, you could be over here. And, and I think what we do inherently is, you know, as a voice actor, I try to be creative as, as an engineer. And, and George will probably back me up on this. It's also very creative because creativity is taking everything you know and mixing it up and throwing it in the air and then coming up with some other way of doing something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it's inherently very creative. And I just get, I get so excited and turned on when I, when I see a situation and uh, someone says, what do you think of this closet? And they'll say, your light, your face just lights up. Yeah. You know, I, Oh, you could do this. You could do that. And you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the fun challenge of it all. And I, that is the creative side of it. Yeah. The problem solving and creating something out of what looks like nothing. Yeah, or I was going to say, you know, these with, forms are, you know, like gear slots are one and people are very dogmatic. They think that, oh, no, you have to have this microphone and you have to have this. And you guys are the they best. They need that. That's the, that's the thing. They're usually experts in one studio, mm-hmm. their own and their voice. They don't know all this other stuff that we mm-hmm. know. Well, that's why I'm amazed that, George, I, I cut you off. I apologize, but I want you to talk more about the, I guess, the creativity that you find in this because uh, you, you, you're both not dogmatic. You're creative when it comes, as you said, about uh, finding solutions for people. Yeah, it's, I mean, to me, that's, that, that's the pleasure and the fun and the creativity of it is finding solutions that fit whatever their situation and their budget is. So I really try to avoid any kind of a cookie-cutter approach to doing this, um, there are certainly some go-to things that I lean, you know, that I just know work. So I'm going to recommend them often. But um, in terms of solving the problem, everyone is a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, if two people have the same exact size closet with the door in the same place, the same solution is probably going to work. But this person's going to want a different material, or they want it to look differently, or they only have two hundred dollars to spend and not a thousand. So it's just constantly variations on how guys, to solve. Will you the pick problem. up the phone for two hundred or no? Or no? <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah for two hundred, sure, no problem. You right. can pick. You can book me for a half hour. Wow. Speaking of which, when you, when you ever go to a house, you can tell me, you know, Dan and, and George, um, you ever find anything that you shouldn't find when you, you go into someone's house and, uh, you know, you have to cover an eye or two or is it, is it all? Any stories that you want to share? You don't have to. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure we both have. I, I know of one, someone says, I'm a hoarder. Pay no attention. <laughs> it was like trying to crawl through this, you know, this canyon of, of stuff. Oh, oh, my goodness. But, oh, but then again, it was great diffusion material. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this hoarding room sounds amazing. It's like, wow, this is going to work great for you. Except that she had her, yeah, except that she had her mic over by the window, which was next to a highway. Uh, oh, yeah. Bit of a problem. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I've seen some magnificent homes. And, yeah. you know, you pull up and you're like, you, you know, you ring the bell somewhere in Encino or up in the hills or something you're like, holy crap, this is a nice looking house. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's not their only house. So yeah, right. Exactly. And, and something tells me they're not making their living doing voiceover. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you deal with the ceiling, though? I mean, so I guess you have to go to a different room because some of those mansions have like huge ceilings. Well, you don't do it in the living room. No, <laughs> no way. No, you find uh, a, you find a closet or something, and they have usually have lots of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a high ceiling is actually a good thing because we actually can then treat that acoustically using something called a cloud. It hangs down from the ceiling, so we can control exactly how it sounds from the ceiling. Actually, is a really good thing. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm in a lot of walk-in closets. Um, some of them are pretty impressive and, and you're sometimes literally moving people's clothing around and, and doing this and doing that. And so, yeah, it's, it's intimate. Like you're, you're, you, there's a lot of trust involved. I mean, they're having you into their home and often into their bedroom and then into their closet. And it's, um, you know, we, what we do is very, it's a very touchy personal thing in someone's home. Yeah. It requires a lot of trust. And we, we, we are very, very, um, that's extremely important to what we do Mm -hmm. that they, that they know we're professionals and that they can trust us to be in these places and, and in their homes and in their private, you know, and Dan and I rarely probably get to work with, you know, major, major celebrities. I can count them on one hand, but we you know, have. you just have to be discreet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I won't mention, I mean, I've been in some, you know, some high end people's places that are like, my God, what am I doing here? How did I get here? <laughs> and, and then you end up in their closet and you're like, <laughs> Gee, there's, there's, you know, they have got us magazines with their picture on them. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Like, and you know, it's like a whole stack of them and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> right. They, they, um, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, did they buy uh, the whole stack because they're on it or is they just happen to have a, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I, I wasn't going to ask and I didn't meet yeah. the celebrity, but <laughs> I, was call, I was called in as a consultant to fix something. And so what, <laughs> what keeps you guys going? Because I mean, obviously you love this. Okay. And, uh, and um, I want to find out why you love it. You've explained it, but um, uh, what what keeps you going to learn more? And do you get just as excited as uh, everyday folks that when they look at uh, the latest uh, product that comes out or a new microphone or or what uh, you know? How do you keep maturing and uh, and keeping it new? I, I th- you know I think that one of the things that I like is you know if something new comes out, it's like well this solves a problem, this solves an issue that we have been dealing with, and this yeah. will make things easier for people. That's when we get excited about something yeah. new. Yeah, it's not something like, well, this is going to sound fabulous or, you know, that sort of thing. Not, it's not the 847th microphone that we've seen in the last two years. Right. That's right. rarely going to be exciting to us. But, right. but if it solves the problem, to me, that's exciting. And, and that's where we like to see the innovation with the manufacturers. And so we like it when the manufacturers talk to us when we get to uh, conferences and stuff like that. And we say, look, you might want to think about something like this and we don't know if they've listened to us specifically but clearly uh some manufacturers have you know done their research and realized that what we were talking about was probably right and we've seen some development of things that you know i think we've all been talking about yeah realizing that the voiceover market is not uh, not just this small weird niche thing anymore it's it's actually a much more much larger growing market and in terms of having home studios so they're paying more and more attention to it and i mean the dumbest little thing it could be a shock mount for a mic or a mic arm or a, a new way to hold your ipad or you know little things like that but if we when we go to someone's home and we know exactly what they need to get and they know exactly what to do with it they, they really appreciate that you know yeah. i mean this means a lot to both of you uh this this is your life but uh is there a side or an angle to all this that people seem to miss that you guys uh, want to emote and talk about well yeah i mean it, it there's one clear thing that I think we, we probably agree on. Uh, you know, we, we go about it different ways and, and, and some of our clients are a little bit different sometimes. But the whole idea of a home voiceover studio, which is, you know, this very, very limited niche piece of real estate that didn't really exist 15, 16 years ago. What's really, the, the, what is it that really is, is it about? And where people make the mistake is, and I, and I had this quote, it's like the idea of your home voiceover studio is not to make you sound great. 
It's to make you sound like you. You as you exist in the environment in which you're recording, which is why the environment is so important. And it's not the equipment. You don't use lousy equipment. And the idea is not to sound great. The idea is to not sound bad. Because if you're a good voice actor, that just comes across, you know, in spades. You know, and George has this one thing that happened with everybody asked about Don LaFontaine. You mm-hmm. tell him that one. Oh, yeah. Like, I literally, when he passed away, I had people either A, wanting to literally buy his equipment. Because I, <laughs> wow. I was his engineer, right? So, I, you know, I had access. I knew what he had. And I, they were like, oh, or B, what, what did Don exactly have? Because I want to buy exactly what Don had. So <laughs> that like I can. Cipriano. They do the same with him. Right. Yeah. You know, so it, that is definitely a thing that happens and yeah. doesn't, so, shouldn't, shouldn't be happening. So what was it that he had in his studio that was so good? Him. Him. Exactly. <laughs> he would get different mics all, speaking of, you know, getting mics to test, he would get mics to test all the time. And it didn't matter what mic was in there. made no difference. Mm. So I mean, yes, Some of them were not as great sounding maybe, but God, nobody was great. ever going to say a word to him. He'd <laughs> be on a Mr. Microphone. If he, as long as it didn't sound distorted and just cruddy, yeah. uh, you know, they're going to record Donald Fontaine. They, they're not going to care. People, so, they, they try to imitate him. Nobody sounds as good as him. I mean, even the best imitator does not sound as good. Yeah, his voice had a very unique quality. People think it was super rumbly and bass heavy. No, it wasn't. It was like it cut like a laser, like through yeah. a lot of a lot of music and stuff. And that's and a lot of tobacco. Yeah, back in his old days. <laughs> and the best part about it is they say he was a great guy, a very nice oh, person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he definitely was. I mean, he, yeah, he he dealt he he, he tried to get healthy later, and it you know his early early years um, caught up to him, unfortunately, health wise, and didn't do him any favors. It was sad. So yeah. don't smoke kids. Don't right. Smoke. Yeah. smoke. I think it was like uh, one of his last words, actually, you know, it was, uh, you know, and, and he was also the, he was really the, 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 per, the person that really got the idea of, of, of the voiceover community going, you know, yeah. about, about people getting together and, and helping each other and stuff, which is possibly one of the most pleasant things about our business is that people really support each other. Uh, and, and, and want each other to succeed because there's plenty of business out there and we're not really competitors, at least you know, in the voiceover business. Uh, we're all snowflakes and there's work for everybody and everybody's unique. And what is it that's unique that you bring to the table that's going to be right for one particular script over somebody else. And that's what's so exciting because, you know, people's reference of, of work, you mentioned podiatry, maybe they could bring something to the spot that someone else couldn't, a garbage man. I mean, anybody can, and, and they have second acts in life and you both are, are a part of it. Dan Leonard and George Whittem, as far as, uh, you know, they come to both of you to, to build their studios. And boy, is that exciting. You get to see the, the progress. But uh, to go from one career, and, and I know, Dan, you were an insurance salesman. This is way back. Uh, I've, I've done it all. I've, you know, I was a social studies teacher. Yeah. But yeah, the I, thing is that you've always been, along with George, you know, uh, on cutting edge of all this. And, uh, and it just led you back uh, to, to doing all this together. Uh, well, it seems like both of you like each other. This is no act then. <laughs> well, we're friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, frankly, we would we'd probably hang out more if we were physically closer, closer together. Yeah. And uh, LA is a big place, and uh, and we both have overlapping interests. And of course, like Dan likes radio control, aircraft, and planes, and I, I like that stuff too. And 
but man, it's, it's tough to find holes in our time to, to do that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah. we, we mainly see each other during when we do the show. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, it's our every other week Mahjong game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have people ever tried to stump you? They have equipment and they say they play a little game. I'm sure if not, you can certainly use this idea on, uh, on voiceover. Okay. Stump us or fool well, us? Well, I mean, if either one. I mean, you know, they, they have like the latest mic or that you try to guess the microphone or, or guess no. the interface with the mic. And I mean, could you, could you hit it on the, like, you know, Tiger Woods hitting it uh, on a dime, if you will? I, George might, I, you know, I think that any engineer that tells you they can tell what Mike something is, they're not being honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if, if it's not one of the absolute most unbelievably popular ones, like a U87, a TLM 103 or a Sennheiser 416, if it falls outside of that, you it's, know, it could be anything. It could be anything. And I, I'd be hard pressed to know what it is unless I know a few important things like what their budget is or maybe right. where they shopped. You know, that narrows there. I went to guard, I went to Guitar Center. Okay, well that narrows it down. And you may have <laughs> maybe, you probably have one of these mics, you know. So yeah, exactly. um, uh, this is rare. <laughs> how supportive of a, a partner do you have to have when you, you do the kind of work that you you know, because you, you know, you have to be a little finicky sometimes or temperamental. What if you have a, a spouse that uh, doesn't want to hear the uh, the latest equipment or you know, you have to do you do you distance this whole thing from them or or you know, or some of your um I don't, you know, I don't know who's married. Who's I think Dan's married and uh, George yeah. married. Well, I mean, for Dan, I mean, he's got his separate uh, space. You know, yeah, I've got my man cave out here, which is yeah, which is great. Studio. You know, you know, is there tension there about the fact that I'm out here doing that? Yes, it's nice an office space. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, and you know, we changed the time of the show from six o'clock to five o'clock because by the time we would be done, she was like, "Dinner's ready." Right. <laughs> so it was this whole the whole time change was about cold chicken. Yeah. Um, it really was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, that's important but, stuff, though. I mean, because yeah. mean, Dan is Dan is married. Dan is still married, happily married, and has a family. And yes. I have a family too, but I'm no longer married. And part of that was working from home. Both of us worked from home in a small two bedroom house. Wow, always, always in each other's space, and just very, very, very difficult to manage that. Yeah, very. So you know, if you if you also have a work at home spouse. That is going to you know be in the, the gig economy or work for themselves. You're you're making it much more difficult on you hmm. to succeed in being an entrepreneur. If you oh, are, yeah. if your spouse has a nine to five job or doesn't um, have to work for some reason, but has you know has a full schedule, um, you know that's going to be probably better for you because. Um, yeah, that's, that's real. That's talk. That's real that. talk. People have that in their in, in their lives, and uh, you know, this is ministering to someone, you know, because uh, I mean, you could get into some trouble, I suppose, if if it's uh, too tight quarters, or you know, fair question, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing about voiceover. I would say that the majority of the people that George and I know, and he can he can say, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily true, is that most of them aren't married. They may have a partner. They may have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or something like that. But here in L.A., I don't know a whole lot of married people who are in this business. Yeah, maybe it's L.A. Maybe yeah. it's just because of the city. Maybe people, because a lot of people land here that from elsewhere. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I mean, okay, I, I would say it's pretty safe to say the majority of our clients that I work with are not married. Hmm. Um, the ones that are married, some of them, their, 
their spouse is their business manager. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they literally work for them um, or That's work with them. I work with them. Yeah, yeah. Never, never for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they have, a, they have an S Corp, you know, or an LLC that they mm-hmm. work for, uh, you know. Whatever it takes to save yeah. the taxes. Uh, I wanted to mention something, just maybe a last question. Um, you know, we talked about your everyday Joe that can get into voiceover and become successful with your help. They can have a great studio. Of course, Dan Leonard and George Whittem, the best in the business uh, with sound engineering. But uh, being in L.A., what about uh, actors coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, I want to get into this? And uh, are there a lot of uh, trained people that uh, they figure this is their second act, too? They go Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really a lot of them, you know, because acting is hard. I mean, you've, you really have to really want to be an actor, especially here in LA. Cause it's nuts and yeah. trying to make a living just as an actor is just constant stuff. And, uh, and a lot of them are starting to discover voiceover, but they don't know any of the technical side of it. And then our job is to just make it, you know, somewhat seamless and easy for them to do it from home and, and yeah, and frankly, with age, I mean, you know, it's it's very difficult to stay relevant as an actor on camera, especially for women. So, yeah. you know, for them to be able to continue on as a voice actor and continue doing that kind of work is is really valuable to them. And so that that's been that's been really great, you know, to be able to help people continue with their acting career, mm-hmm. even if it's not on camera, you know. Well, I imagine, you know, companies like uh, get jealous of both of you because uh, they usually, the way it used to be, you had to be in the sound studio that was the official sound studio. And now you're duplicating that all across the, the world. Oh, boy. I used, to, I used to think that studios in L.A., some of the big ones would have like a, a picture of me on a dartboard in the back. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, taking, literally in a way, taking business from them. Um, but I have to remind myself that I didn't create this. I was filling a need. I was yeah. filling, uh, fulfilling a need um, that was presented to me, you know, and told me I was being told it was a need and that somebody needs to fill it. If it's not going to be you, it's going to be somebody else. So um, yeah. and, that was and, and the, most, Yeah. And a lot of the engineers we know are very good friends of ours. So, you know, and they, and they respect what we do because a lot of times, you know, they're, they're, they might still be in business or working in a studio somewhere. They don't want, you know, I think people think that they've got to make this thing sound so fantastic, as I said earlier. Yeah. And really what we're doing is we're doing them a big favor because we're, taking, we're making their jobs a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Because they're getting clean audio from people and they generally say, don't let people futz with it. You know, just make it sound the way it's supposed to sound. Make them sound like them and we'll, we'll do whatever needs to be done on the other end at the end user uh, point. And so they actually respect us. And some of our best friends are, mm. you know, some of the top engineers in the commercial business and, uh, and they respect what we do. And we of course have immense respect for what they can do. How much easier is it as far as, you know, to share all this with each other as, uh, as good friends and um, compatriots, if you will. Well, that's, it's, it's one of the reasons we're friends. I mean, it's, we, we talk the same language. We have something in common, uh, you know, and we get to have the chance to have this wonderful time every other Monday night and, and, and just talk about what we do and, and answer people's questions. And I don't think there's anything better than that. Mm -hmm. It's my passion right now. It's what, it's what I, it's really what I love doing more than anything else. 
and people yeah, have fun if they see the show. Can you give out the uh, both your website addresses and the show when it's on, and so if people can uh, can get more of uh, of Dan Leonard and George Whittem? Sure. If they want to work with George, they go to George the dot tech. That's the website. You can find my services on there. I've got pay uh, on demand scheduling services, or there's also offline services where you send files, I send them back. And I can come to your studio if you're in LA and other parts of the world, actually. So there's a lot of ways you can work with me. And Dan, you're located over at homevoiceoverstudio.com, uh, where you know I describe some of the things I do. I've got a specimen collection cup. If you want me to tr- check out your audio, it's 25 bucks. Uh, you click on the specimen collection cup at the bottom of my homepage. It takes <laughs> you to the Dropbox, and I will analyze your audio. And, uh, and wow, somebody's calling. They're not, allowed, they're not allowed to call during the show. You know? <laughs> Wow, this is like public radio, you know, and yeah, they call and you're on the air. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, so anyway, but yeah, that's that's where you'll find me. Well, you're two of the best in the business, and gentlemen, you are Dan Leonard, George Whitten, our special guest. They've been, and thanks for being on the program. Our pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, Mike. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bairdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.